I'm Kelly Ellers. I'm Jeffrey Lennon. And this is Volume Up by The Tease. So we're going to start off with a couple of feel-good stories. Um, The first one I was reading popped up on GMA, where a mom was thanking a barber for creating a safe space for her son with Down syndrome. And, you know, the story sort of resurfaced. It was from a couple of years ago, but Vernon Jackson, a cosmetologist and author, had an idea to raise to raise money, to donate haircuts to children with disabilities. And kind of the story goes on. This child was in uh, his barber shop, and it was just so incredible how he sort of let the child run the show versus him, right? Mm-hmm. And accommodated that. So, you know, as an industry, do we think about that? Do we think about kids that might have disabilities, special needs, maybe be on the spectrum, thinking about it's a very sensory overload experience, right? Yeah. And I thought it was interesting topic to bring up. Yeah, I loved this story so much. And I, I mean, you and I are both guilty about this. On social, there's a bunch of different barbers that are doing like type stuff where they're really going the extra mile for kids that you know have some differences. Um, and it's always just like the most heartwarming thing, um, particularly because like barbering can be a little bit about bravado and right. like there's not always that space for like the heart. Um, so when you see these stories like this one, um, it really tugs at something. Yeah. I just, I loved it. So shout out to, to Vernon in particular and all of the barbers and hairstylists out there that are going that extra step to, to make kids feel comfortable. Cause it can be such a, I mean, even when there's not these sort of sensory differences a lot, right? it does make you wonder though, if this isn't an opportunity for people that are not currently doing this kind of work to consider, you know, being a little bit more mindful about their practices and the services that they offer and the times that they've got. Um, so if they work with kids, maybe like they could brush up on some of the things that Vernon and some of the other successful barbers in this space are, are doing to sort of make it a little bit more of an inclusive space. I mean, I'd love to see that. And yeah, maybe there's going to be some orgs out there that are willing to take up this work. Uh, in the meantime, you know, we've got people and in, in these beautiful examples to, to look to look to. But I, I'd love to see if this could be something that would maybe be a little bit more widespread. On our last episode, I talked with Frederick Fakai. No big deal. I mean, that's kind of all there is to say, yeah. but I'll go on. Provence-born and Paris-trained Fakai opened his first groundbreaking namesake salon atop New York's Bergdorf Goodman department store in 1989. And during this time, he quickly became known for creating hairstyles on the catwalk, magazine covers, red carpet, supermodels, celebrities, you name it. In 1995, Fakai created the prestigious hair care category with the launch of his product line, raising the industry standard from commodity to luxury by incorporating high-performance ingredients found in prestige skincare. So, I mean, he was kind of like the OG in the skinification of hair care. Really? Um, In 2018, he reclaimed his namesake brand and relaunched Fakai with a new mission. He's created a high-performance, clean collection of hair care that shatters any myths that clean products are less performative. Make sure you subscribe and rate and review. Follow us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and TikTok. Head read the tease and send in questions to volumeup at thetease.com. This week, we're talking with Carlos Barreto. Carlos is an international marketing professional with extensive experience in building successful consumer businesses across multiple geographies. In the past four years, Carlos has successfully built a six-figure business with Cleverman, offering the most customized hair and beard color for men. Carlos is passionate about delivering customized solutions to consumers and is excited to continue to grow and innovate in this space. He also had things to say about my hair and beard color. Um, So there's that. Uh, Don't miss the combo. (laughs) I will not. (laughs) 
Uh, things that are a little bit spicy in the news mm. and which we will, you know, get to some coverage that we've done on the tease.com is this whole writers slash actors strike that is bringing Hollywood to an absolute standstill. Um, as a lot of the coverage is sort of coming out, uh, the demands uh, that people were making as part of contract negotiations are coming to light. And one that was particularly interesting, I think, because we talk about it so much on this podcast, um, is from SAG-AFTRA going to the studios um, about wanting qualified hairstylists for performers of color. There's been longstanding issues that we are very well aware of and that guests have spoken to um, wherein, you know, TV and film productions don't necessarily bring in um, pros that know exactly how to work with all hair textures and how this can be, you know, particularly fraught for the performers who maybe don't have the best look because they don't have the best stylist for the job. And so SAG-AFTRA tried to make it a situation wherein this would be something to seriously consider. And it looks like studios agreed to top-line performers getting this sort of service, this consultation with qualified hair pros. But basically, anybody background would really just have to fend for themselves. And this is one of the things that was a sticking point for both parties uh, as part of talks falling apart. Um, just devastating. This is not the only reason. There's a lot to do with AI, which we're going to talk about in a sec. But it's crazy that this is still something, you know, that we're dealing with. It's absolutely crazy. And, you know, just even like listening to you say that out loud, you're like, wait, we're here still. Mm -hmm. I mean, and and SAG after it talks about it being an issue of fairness. And, and that's exactly what this is. Yeah. What are we talking about? Right. So, you know, we'll see how this all goes, um, which brings us to something that is on the tease. Our editorial team has been hard at work this week uncovering industry news, looking into trends and diving into brands you don't know, but should. And here are some of our favorite headlines. First up, the title. Three Hollywood hair and beauty pros share how they really feel about the writer's strike and its impact on their careers. Unless you've been living under a rock for the last few months, you're likely aware that Hollywood is currently in a state of turmoil. For the first time in 63 years, both writers and actors are in strike at the same time. As it stands, numerous film and TV productions have been put on pause, and thousands of writers and actors have joined the picket line to demand better pay, job security, and protections from the use of AI. Without a script and artists to bring said script to life, there's no productions happening. So if writers and actors aren't working, it goes without saying, but should be said that below the line crew members, such as cinematographers, editors, customers, craft services, makeup artists, and hairstylists aren't working either. Yeah. With the writer's strike now in its third month and so many of the industry beauty pros feeling its impact, the tease felt it necessary to hear from a few Hollywood makeup artists and hairstylists about how they really feel and the effects that it has been having on their careers. Head to the tease.com now to hear three beauty pros discuss whether they stand in solidarity with the writers and actors, how it feels to be experiencing another strike after the previous one for the writers in 2007, their concerns about the use of AI in their line of work, and the changes that they hope to see for creatives working in the entertainment industry moving forward. Fascinating stuff. Yeah. So important that we're shining a light on this because hairstylists are really being left out of this, uh, as well as beauty pros um, in terms of makeup artists, etc. Your take on this, Kelly? Yeah, I mean, we stand with them, right? And as do these three stylists, it's, you know, being a union makeup artist, for example, I mean, it's important to make sure that everyone is heard, protected, all of those things. And so, you know, although it's coming off of COVID shutdowns and things like that, it's it seems to be something that's necessary right now 
in this moment in time. For sure. Uh, so please do check out that story on the com. See about those specific hair pros, support them, support the the writer strike, the the actor strike, um, and see what you can do to, to get involved in terms of supporting people while they're out of work. Another feel-good story on the com. We're really happy about this. Um, to see it for the parties involved. Dr. Farouk Shami, honored with Spirit of Life Award at City of Hope's fundraising gala. Congratulations are in order for Dr. Farouk Shami. The beauty executive who currently serves as chairman and founder of Farouk Systems Incorporated was recently honored the City of Hope's highly anticipated Spirit of Life celebration gala, recognized for his outstanding contributions to the beauty industry and his unwavering commitment to philanthropy over the last 35 years. Dr. Shami's acceptance speech moved the audiences, underscoring the importance of giving back and making a difference in the lives of others. City of Hope Spirit of Life Celebration provided a platform for attendees to engage in meaningful discussions, foster connection, and celebrate the remarkable achievements of the beauty industry. HedgeTheTease.com to hear what else happened that very night. And congratulations again to Dr. Shami. Don't you love when good things happen to good people? I do. And you know, a while ago, we had him on the pod, right? And he's so fascinating. And I mean, just motivated and driven and he's done a lot in those 35 years so we're gonna say congratulations from all of us over at the tees absolutely uh next up some industry news that we are very excited about uh amika launches friends with benefits plus salon loyalty program here's how to join that is the article here's the deets great news amika fans your favorite hair care brand just rolled out a new and improved loyalty program Called Friends with Benefits Plus, this newly launched loyalty program offers six tiers of qualification, including a level exclusively for suite salons, many of which had not been eligible previously. This program offers six reward cycles per year where members will receive product incentives, plus eligible salons can redeem points to shop back bar, samples, products, and merch, all fulfilled directly by Amika. Head to thetees.com to learn more about the program as well as where to register. Love seeing this from Amika, deepening their relationship with the salon pros. Who wouldn't want to be friends with benefits with them? Question mark. Right. We would. Yes. Kudos to Chelsea Riggs and her team over there. She's a global brand president, also been on the pod, a friend of the pod. Mm -hmm. This salon raised brand and they're friends to stylists. And we like to see this because we all want some perks and rewards, Amika. We absolutely do. Um, Kelly, I know that you are an Amika fan specific fave oh yeah for sure what's your like go to amika um that's easy it's the texture spray mm-hmm. and just like that gang crazy right on the shelf mm-hmm. as always so much going on with these.com thank you to our hardworking editors we are proud to publish stories that salon pros and consumers care about next up jeff's conversation with carlos barretto i'm ready for it Carlos Barreto is an international marketing professional with extensive experience in building successful consumer businesses across multiple geographies. He has worked with major companies such as the Coca-Cola Company, P&G, Kimberly-Clark, and Revlon Corporation, honing his skills in product and brand building management. In the past four years, Carlos has successfully built a six-figure business with Cleverman, offering the most customized hair and beard color for men. Cleverman has recently received funding and is growing rapidly, launching new products and expanding into new channels. Carlos is passionate about delivering customized solutions to consumers and is excited to continue to grow and innovate in this space. Carlos, welcome to the podcast. We are so happy to have you here with us on Volume Up. How's it going? Great. Thank you very much. I'm very glad to be here. Ugh, cannot wait to start. Um, let's talk a little bit about the beginning. How did you get to beauty? What's your background? Okay, I my first job was at Gillette. Uh, so it's when I began to work more with male grooming. Yeah, so I was working at uh, 
Procter and Gamble, and I had the chance to to work at the Gillette Company. So I love it. Actually, it was one of the brands that I really liked. It. it was a great school, a great opportunity to work at that brand. And after that, I moved to Kimberly Clark, where I was working in personal care. Then I worked for some time at Coca Cola. In Coca Cola, was more in the innovation team, mm-hmm. a, a great company. Also, a great opportunity to work with very talented, very smart people all around the world. I expanded my vision. I was before more working in Latin America. Now I was working more in global. And then came the chance to go to Revlon and I was more into, first I began with personal care, then I began to manage more hair color, hair care, and finally I finished managing all the Revlon brand, including cosmetics, uh, skincare, uh, a lot of uh, beauty products. So it was very interesting, very exciting, especially when you are a guy, you don't use makeup, you need to understand all those trends and innovate, uh, but it was a very, very exciting experience to work there and to work with such a brand. And then I decided to open my own business and uh, I saw an opportunity. I worked at Gillette. I was working a lot with Mel Grooming. Mm -hmm. Then I was working at Revlon, seeing all the things that have women, you know, in their arsenal to make themselves look great. And I say, why not to create a brand that really helps men to look good, to feel good uh, about themselves. So we began this journey about Cleverman. And that's a little bit like... A quick summary. Yeah, <laughs> I feel like you you glossed over a few things there um, in service of of getting us to the 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 big thing, which is that you've created this brand. So you've brought the pieces together. Obviously, you mentioned Gillette, which is incredible. Um, Revlon, um, there being an opportunity for men. So how did Cleverman come to be? Where did the name come from? Um, did you always think that you would build your own brand? I mean, these are sort of crazy things that come to, to life and, and we want to hear everything. Yeah, I always wanted to be an entrepreneur because my parents are entrepreneurs. Actually, they I'm originally from Colombia. They had a small factory over there and always, especially my mother, she was pushing me, you need to have your own business. You need to have your own business. And I began to progress in all these companies, working in different countries mm-hmm. and meeting very nice people. And yeah, then I say, okay, this is like the time to do it. I have especially one great friend who pushed me to do that. So I decided that was the time. So I decided to go with this. So, but I tried before, you know, sure. I had some thoughts before and I was thinking about opening maybe a an advertising agency, an agency on media. I work in advertising, I work in communication. So I thought a lot about that, but Mm -hmm. inside me, I always wanted to do a product. And one of my passions all my life has been Mm -hmm. about innovation, you know? And the opportunity to innovate, I think was something that uh, you can do more in a product. I like it more my experience. I had like two industries that I worked with, personal care, beauty, and the space of beverages. And what I really, I thought I like beverages and I had a, a great experience there in terms of the product. Um, what is more interesting, I think, is personal care because you can innovate, you can change, you can create things all the time. Mm-hmm. So I had some level of fascination about that. So I always wanted to be a product, develop a product. And then is when I came with um, a little bit about Cleverman. Hey, I want to do a brand. Um, I saw also the opportunity 
in terms of um, when we look at, at the numbers, you know, mm -hmm. it was a big opportunity in terms of the male grooming, how it's growing, the trend, so big opportunity there. Also an opportunity in terms of specifically in the category that we began to launch, that it was hair color, beard dye, because there were not that many products, many solutions, but it was scalable. The, today they are sold more, maybe around 25, 26 million boxes there. So why not to come with a solution that really addresses the need of the consumer? And also, um, I think that it was an opportunity to build a brand. I was very, I always work with great brands. I worked with Coca-Cola, I worked with Revlon, I worked with Gillette, Duracell. Mm -hmm. So I love brands. So I saw the opportunity to create a brand that really helps men to feel better about themselves, that unleash their confidence. And that was really also related to the purpose that we could have to help men to look and feel better. We don't have as a man those moments to pamper ourselves, mm -hmm. to look at ourselves and feel better about them uh, ourselves. I think that it is an opportunity definitely there to make people feel more confident, to feel good about the person that is looking at the mirror every single day. And now that you need to see all the time in the podcast, in the video, in the in the Zoom. So you are looking at yourself all the time. Mm -hmm. So how I can help that people to feel more how they feel inside. And um, another piece that it was super interesting in all this journey is, is how we are in that process of aging. We are going to live more years than maybe previous generations because all the advances of technology, mm. et cetera. So when you are 50, you are at the middle of your life. So how we can help that people to, to feel good about themselves, to feel more confident, to feel more energetic. And we don't want to just stop here. We want to help people and not just only in terms of how they look, but how they feel maybe maintain your energy, maintain your level of testosterone, maintain your and your your vitality so you can be that person that you feel inside. That's our mission. I, I'm so obsessed with this. I think that it's so cool you've thought through so much of this. Um, and I'm sure that that has a lot to do with the brand building experience that you've gotten uh, in the past. Um, what are the considerations? I mean, you've talked a lot about the mission and the purpose for Clever Man. Um, when you were building this out, I mean, were there colors that you were gravitating towards, like the the process of topography and the the logo? Like, talk to us a little bit about that because I feel like our audience maybe doesn't think about those things, um, which is you know the bread and butter of of what you're up to when it comes to branding. Yeah, you know, clever man. Its name is fun in that sense, you know, because it's about to be clever. It's clever to use a little bit of moisturizing on sunscreen when you're protecting your skin. It's clever to look good. It's clever to to maybe, as I mentioned, you know, exercising, uh, being vital, maintaining your life. So we wanted to build a brand that has legs since the beginning to go in different categories. We are a startup. So the other piece was more about where to launch, you know, what mm. first product to launch. And we decided to go to something that it was more, maybe more strategic, more porter, let's say. Sure. And then we didn't want to go into a crowded space, skincare or hair care. So we began with a more specific category and proving there we wanted to go into another segments. So this is how we decided to go. But since the beginning, we wanted to be a brand that can have the legs to go in so many spaces. And our target is millennials. Our objective is to help people to look good and feel good about themselves. And we are looking for more anti-aging solutions to maintain, you know, your look and your vitality. So that was like their own place. And, and in that way, we came with the name. And also we wanted to be more fresh. I think that all the brands for men are like the same. Yeah. You open, 
your cabinet and everything is brown, <laughs> black, blue, yeah. you know, and bare and blue. Then we wanted to come with a, something that it was different in that sense. We came to yellow, like our color. Also, we were inspired a little bit in New York. Mm. We were born in New York and uh, inspired in the taxi is in all that look that has New York that is very fascinating. I love the city. I, I'm really excited to live in this amazing city. So we talk a little bit from there. Um, from that came all this uh, space. Also, we wanted to talk to the guys in a more inspirational way. Mm. So we wanted to be a brand that can be aspired to be um, a little bit more like in the same in the that in the beauty industry, you know, with so many uh, female brands. I think that many brands have been becoming more talking about two guys more from the perspective to be uh, more funny, you know, more jokes, more humor. Mm-hmm. And we wanted to be a different kind of brand, you know. I, I don't know if I have the humor all the time. <laughs> I don't have the the, the the right words to to say the things in that way. So we wanted to be more aspirational. And also that comes a little bit with the purpose that we wanted to be since the beginning, that is about helping men to feel good, to be more confident. So we wanted to have that kind of a voice to the consumer. Well, now that you say the New York of it all um, and the taxis, I immediately see that. Uh, So it's so cool to hear you say it um, because that comes through. Uh, It's definitely like, oh, I'm looking at New York. It's a taxi cab, the the branding all over the place. Um, And it's certainly different. So I think that you guys have really accomplished that nicely. Uh, This is not like a just for men situation, uh, which all looks the same. It's awful. Um, (laughs) Talk to us a little bit about the stigma. Um, a lot of what you've said thus far has been around wanting to provide a solution to men um, that maybe they're not looking for or not wanting to admit that they're looking for. Um, what do you think there is to that in terms of hesitation towards hair color um, that maybe they didn't use previously? You mentioned Zoom might have been a contributing factor. We're all looking at ourselves more than we had been previously. And maybe we're more interested in sort of keeping up our appearances. I'd love to hear from your perspective. And what you guys found. By the way, we did a lot of research before launching the brand. And what we identified is that 50% of the guys say, I will never color. Actually, we had that sometimes when we have advertising and we have comments. It's like 50% of the people say, no, I'm, I'm okay with that. And we accept that, you know? Sure. Actually, we wanted to empower people to choose how they want to look. And we can cover 100% of your grace, or we can cover part of your grace. We can do a salt and pepper look. So... That's part of what we wanted to do. We wanted to give you the choices. And the second piece, um, from that 50%, uh, some people, they were still scared about the process. They were still scared about how messy was the product. Uh, we guys, we don't do that all the time. <laughs> maybe the first time, like like for girls, it's maybe easy because they you begin with makeup, you, you have all kinds of things, and you become uh, immediately an expert. But for guys, it's, we just chafe. So we try to make this process very easy in that sense. Mm. So our boss comes with four different simple steps. It's like her color for dummies, mm. where you have like step one, step two, step three, what you need to do. We did the brushes that look like a razor. We were inspired in a razor, so it feels like it's what you are doing, like, like typically, especially for the beard. Mm-hmm. 
And uh, and that was one of the barriers that consumers were were having. The second one is the stigma that okay, if I do hair color or I beard dye, I'm gonna look you know unnatural, mm -hmm. or I'm not gonna look like myself. So we put a lot of attention to develop colors that uh, look more natural, to have more choices. I think that choice is a very important piece uh, because we usually this category is in retailer. Then you have limited space. You finish with seven, eight shades. That's what guys we have to choose. We, you have to choose between dark, dark black, black, brown, uh, light blonde, and that's it. And you you have a choice. So it's very difficult to find a product that really matches your skin tone or your original color. So we have more choices because we are DTC. We can select the right color for everybody. We can select the right also developer for everybody. So we can create, we can customize for every single consumer. So our objective is that to give every consumer a look that they feel more natural. Also, we encourage our users to connect with us after they use the product. We can adapt the color. We can reduce the, the darkness. We can improve how more red or more brown, whatever color do you need? So you feel more comfortable, you know, with the color and we can give that choice. Yeah. When you go to an aisle of hair color for women, mm -hmm. you have six brands. Each one has 40, 50 shades. And when you go to an aisle for guys, then you just have one brand. And maybe if you are lucky because it's space, you have six, seven choices in target. So then of course you're not going to look natural because it's it's a matter of how many choices are out there for you. So that was another of the objectives and how we addressed that specific issue. And also we have formulas that are more current, more updated. Our formulations are in cream, so they don't drip. They are more easy to apply. That's another issue for consumers. We did also research. Consumers were very unsatisfied yeah about what happens in your bathroom after you use your hair color especially because the current formulas out there they are liquid mm -hmm. they are in this bottle that you squeeze all around and it's a mess and actually uh, we designed a formula that is more creamy that is more contemporary that it has the latest technology and in that way customers have a more um an experience that is more satisfying so let's talk a little bit about, I mean, you've already covered beautifully uh, the differences between Cleverman and a lot of the available products. Um, that like liquid drip situation, disgusting. Um, we've seen it, you know, turned into memes everywhere on the internet with a number of politicians, for example. That's not happening here. Um, how do people access? Um, so you mentioned DDC. So where do people go to purchase? Um, what is that process like in terms of determining shades? I'd love to understand that process. So what we do is like, um, we created our own website, mm -hmm. you know, actually I used to work in consumer goods. Now I think I work in technology because all the time, what we are doing is improving our e-commerce platform. Of course. We decide to create our own e-commerce platform. We are not on Shopify or any other, any other platforms because we wanted that level of customization, that level of detail that the NL, those platforms didn't allow us to do it. So we began to develop our own platform. In that way, we have a quiz, we listen the needs of the consumer, uh, we simulate the results, then we can customize their product, we customize their gloves, we customize their developer, their colorant, their shampoo, their conditioner, their treatment, the kind of brush that they use. It's all is customized for every person. We can create up to 10,000 combinations today. So everybody gets what they really need, mm. you know, and then 
through our logistic operator, we produce that specific kit and we send it to the consumer. So that's how all the process works online. We are launching a new product. Actually, I'm very excited because we are launching now in Amazon. We couldn't customize Amazon, but what is very interesting is that a hair color specifically and beard dye is 50% about how you apply the product and 50% is about the product per se. So in this case, what we created is kits by color, like traditionally you buy it in a store, but we created a QRC code. Mm -hmm. People can get the quiz and then we can customize their timing. We can customize how apply it. This product is a little bit more versatile and you can use it for your hair, your beer, or your touch-ups. So in one product, you can use it for, for everything. So the quiz tells you you are doing beer, first apply it here. If you are doing hair, later apply it there. So we can customize all that application. Also, we can customize um, a specific, give you a specific tips if you have different situations in the past. So that's something that we lo just launched it. We're very excited about that because that gives us access to other channels. And in the future, we want to be in the arms reach, yeah, of uh, where people is shopping, where people is available. So we're evaluating other channels of distribution. Ugh, so incredible. Uh, really cool to hear, um, particularly the, the technological aspect. Um, I think that, I mean, you've said it. Uh, a lot of the competition in this space has yet to innovate, yet to customize. Um, and this audience, this target, my generation, um, craves that, needs it, has to have it. So would love to talk a little bit about that technology in terms of what you guys refer to as perfect match and skin armor. What the heck are these things? How did we develop them? I'd, I'd love to hear more. No, in terms of the e-commerce platform is where we are always innovating, you know, like for example, now one piece that we are really focusing on is that we can begin to also predict as people is doing their quiz, I can predict that people is going to be happy, not happy, what problems they're going to have. So we can give them the right tip. Mm. Also, we can evaluate that consumer is going to be a long time consumer for us, you know, or it may be a short term consumer. So we can act a little bit differently, even from the promotions, the activation that we can do with other specific consumers, because that gives us like an artificial intelligence yeah. that begins to help us to identify how that consumer is going to react to our products. And that's something that we are really focusing most of our energy today. Other one is, um, yeah, building an, an e-commerce platform all the time. We're finding solutions. We are learning how consumers are interacting. We have sometimes consumers happy with some things. We have some consumers that are unsatisfied with something. So we are trying to continuously improving. And actually our e-commerce platform is uh, updated almost every two weeks. We, I think we are in the version, I don't know, maybe 100 now, where every two weeks we have been improving, optimizing, improving our, mm. our quiz, uh, improving how we do the right match, learning from the database, how we give you the right color. So that's um, a ecosystem that is continuously learning that I think that that's what makes the difference. Wow. Um, talk to us a little bit about the response. I mean, you mentioned um, in terms of consumer feedback, informing the changes that you guys make to your e-commerce platform, uh, generally um, in terms of the formulation, the results, um, what is it that Cleverman is seeing from people? Uh, actually, no, we, we haven't seen a, usually they're very satisfied consumers, Yeah, but uh, consumers that they have a specific needs. So we can try to address those needs. And we have actually, as I mentioned, hair color gives you that characteristic that you can customize different elements to improve that experience. So we are continuously doing that. Some people 
they, they need more timing mm -hmm. yeah to develop the core or some people need a different kind of developer or some people we can change their color uh, we can do different things also we have been identifying new opportunities that we wanted to address in the future yeah with some specific consumers that we didn't know when we launched so that is driving some of our pipeline of innovation you know for the future incredible uh, tell us, you know, so much of our audience are salon professionals. Um, how should they feel uh, as regards Cleverman? Should they suggest this to their clients that are maybe considering? Um, what are your thoughts there? What's the positioning? Actually, this is a great question because I think that for us, it's a, a, I think it's a tremendous opportunity there. As I mentioned, I used to work at Revlon in the consumer piece, but also in the professional side. Mm -hmm. So uh, our managing bot is a 50-50 business. Yeah, 50% of the people, women, do her coloring at home. 50% they do it at the salon. In the case of men, most of them, they do it at home. So it's a tremendous opportunity to bring those kind of solutions to barber shops is where we are more interested to develop the channel. It's something that we are exploring. Mm. It's one of our explorations. And now we have a product that maybe we can bring to them there. And what is very interesting is that specifically the salons have been doing tremendous job, you know, developing different streams of revenue. Mm. They have the haircut, they have the coloration is a big one. And they sell high quality products there. That is another piece of revenue. So they have been able to manage a lot of revenue. Barber shops on the other side is more like a volume thing. <laughs> mm -hmm, exactly. Everybody comes and goes. It's very quickly, but there are some barber shops where, where, where we wanted to work and they're beginning to see that it's also value there that we can create not just only volume, but you can also create value. And I think that products like us could represent an opportunity where consumers, maybe they can go there. You can, our product also works in five minutes. It's very easy. It's very easy to apply. Also is applied on beard that maybe is less risky for a guy saying that you're going to do your hair is different than maybe you're covering some of the beers. And maybe this could be become an opportunity for them to sell products to that consumer and maybe bring their kid to home because this needs to be for beard. You need to use it every week. Mm. So. You can begin there and you can continue your process at home. So we are exploring that opportunity with some salons at this moment. Very, very cool. Talk to us a little bit about the subscription aspect. Um, so you just mentioned uh, beard coloring needs to be more frequent um, than you know hair on one's head, for example. Uh, so how much of the business is subscription-based? Um, are you finding that people are on the hook for multiple boxes um, over time? Or is this something that they've been slower to adopt? No, actually, that has been that's the beauty of the business. Um, when people come to our website, 50% of the people, they decide to subscribe. 50% of the people, they decide to just go for one purchase. Mm -hmm. With the people that go for one purchase, we continue pursuing them, you know, with through promotions or activation, etc., to to bring them back. And from those that repurchase, maybe 40%, they decide to subscribe over the time. And the other great thing is that Today, from our revenues, 76% of our revenues are coming, are coming from recurring users, people who are buying continuously the product, just only 24% are new every month. So we have a good base of revenue that allows us to invest to drive new users. In terms of the um, retention, we are retaining around 52% of the subscriptors during the first year mm. and 40% during the second year. We are working more on that. We are learning why people is canceling. We are learning how we can improve our system. So it is a continuous learning, but 
there are categories, different categories in retail, you know, that you can use a subscription model. This one is makes sense. Some don't make sense. This one makes sense if you get your right color for that, you read your right product, you're going to continue using it. People is very loyal uh, to the main competitor in the drugstore channel. When we address it, we, again, we did a lot of research before launching. I think that that's something that I suggest to people before launching any product to test, to, to learn something about the consumer. And what we learn is that that consumer from that is out there is very loyal. They're not going to change their brand that easy. And by the way, they have been using that for many years and because they are attached to that. So actually our strategy has been going more for millennials, for new people that is coming into the category. We want to grow with them. We want to help them as they are evolving. So we are attacking more that specific segment of the population. You know, mm -hmm. we are not trying to convert 67 year old guys uh, that are in just for men or just begin to transform them into people that is using color. <laughs> so uh, our objective was not about going for that specific target that, that is already captured. It was more about developing that specific target that is younger, that is looking for a new solution. Actually, one of the things that happened to us is that our kids are reusable. So one of the things that didn't work for us is that our user is so young that they don't use, you know, mm -hmm. uh, it lasts more than four times. That it was what we expected initially is lasting for them six times, you know. So, but at the end, it's great that we're capturing, you know, that younger uh, user, usually a millennial that is looking for this kind of product. Incredible. Well, I mean, I'm so excited to see sort of where you guys are headed um, because this, I think you've got down packed. I mean, it sounds like so much of the, the marketing background that you had coming to good use here. Um, talk to us a little bit about the future. You had mentioned at the top of this podcast, you know, maybe there's other skincare eventually, some supplements, perhaps we're talking about vitality. Um, what's what's on the horizon for Clever Man? Yeah, I think that for us is that. So, um, but uh, building on your point, actually, I wanna I wanna begin there this, this this question. I think that you as um we as a brand we are gonna evolve continuously, and even at me as a person, you know, mm. I, mean, I could have all the background in marketing, but to to be honest, what I have been learning during the last three four years with Cleverman has been insane. I I feel like I was a dinosaur in marketing, <laughs> and now. Uh, because you are more, yeah, in established companies doing more traditional advertising, more traditional scale. And then I had to switch here to do DTC, commerce, uh, technology. Yep. I'm doing the springs all the, all the weeks, upgrading uh, our website, upgrading our platform all the time. So, and, and looking at the future, I think that that's about uh, three pieces to continue developing that connection with the consumer through a direct relationship within our DTC channel give us that opportunity, mm. the opportunity to predict, understand needs, uh, predict where consumers are going. We have a lot of information and that information allows us to create better products, better solutions for the consumer. That's what we wanted to do and how we are using that, that data. Uh, who is not captured, who, do, who didn't like, why they didn't like, so we can continue to optimize and, and create better solutions. 
Uh, the second one, uh, I, it is more about to be an omnichannel brand. We want it to be in, where consumers are. Mm. You mentioned people go to barber shops or to salons. We want it to be there. Or maybe to people go to some of the retail stores. I want to be more careful about that. I know that many DTC brands are jumping into retail very quickly now. And it's a lot of push from VCs to go into into retail very quickly, but I worked in retail for so many years. Mm -hmm. You can be there for one year or six months, but then you are not there. So if you are going to go there, we need to do it with the right product, the right solution, uh, and knowing that we are going to be competitive, that we're going to be productive, that we're going to be productive for the retailer. And the third piece, I think uh, for us is to launch in new categories, you know, it's expansion behind, uh, we didn't want it. If we were launching a color, male color brand, uh, we will launch it like something male color. We are not called color, we are called Cleverman. So we wanted to create clever solutions for men to look good and to feel good about themselves. So we wanted to go in those categories that are adjacent to us, that maintains men's vitality, energy, uh, that they feel good about themselves and could go from some personal care products to some beauty products to maybe some, uh, as we mentioned, maybe some some pills or some vitamins that help you, you know, to to feel good and to have that level of energy. So what you project in the mirror in your daily activities is the energy that you have inside. Curious, uh, given your background, um, you had mentioned um, parents coming from Colombia. Um, there being a huge uh, USH Latinx population within the States um, and your background previously marketing in Latin America. Curious, um, in terms of expansion, is Cleverman going to be available uh, to folks in the region outside of the US? We haven't thinking about that. It's like a lot of opportunities in US. Uh, I think that you should focus. So we are really focused in US. I think that the next space that we have been looking at this country is maybe Canada, UK, because it's a very similar dynamic. Sure. But to be honest, I think that as a business person, I think I need, I need to be focused. I need to be a laser focus on, on developing the things that we need to do. And we want it to be focusing yours at this moment. Makes sense. All right. Uh, before we get into our quick takes, uh, could you let people know where they can find Cleverman? This is the op. Let's plug all of the the dot coms, the social, uh, so that people know where to go. So you can find us in bcleverman.com. Yeah. Easy. And <laughs> that's it. That's easy. Just be Cleverman. And we'll make sure that everything's in the show notes. So we'll make it nice and easy for everybody. Uh, all right, Carlos, we are going to ask you the quick takes. These are the questions that we ask of all of our guests. The first question is, what is the first ever beauty or hair product that you remember owning? Was there a gel? Was there a pomade, maybe an aftershave? I don't know. These are these are things. I don't want to lead you. I don't know. I mean, maybe I think that's my first deodorant. I'm going to be honest, you know? <laughs> Perfect. Uh, an essential, honestly. Uh, coming of right sort of thing. Um, are you superstitious? And if so, about what? No, you know, I'm not, I'm not superstitious at all. I think that, um, I don't think, I, I think that you create your own destiny always. I have been thinking like that. I don't believe that nothing is out there telling you who you need to be or what you want to be. So you choose it, you do it and, and you pursue that. I'm not superstitious at all. No. Uh, that sounds like it aligns really nicely with the brand ethos, Carlos. Um, I can see that coming through. If someone were to play you in a biopic about your life, who would it be? 
I don't know. That's a difficult question. <laughs> this is one that gets people stumped. Um, I'm sure it would be, you know, big shoes to fill. So no, 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 no. Maybe actually, I, I would prefer to have a documentary. Oh, okay. We like that. A pivot. I think that I would love to do maybe a documentary, but maybe in the next phase of my life where I can do more contribution because I think that I'm doing this entrepreneur thing, but mm -hmm. for the future, I'm thinking to do more things around social aspects and uh, helping the environment, helping people to get that confidence working with NGOs. So I, I think that maybe I will do that later and maybe I'll do a documentary, how you could be a... A Latino coming to the US, how you can grow, how you can create your company, and then how you can give back to people. That's what I want to do. Well, I would watch that documentary. And I feel like uh, if there are marketers out there working for some companies, you just got that that pitch. Um, let's make it happen uh, for Carlos. Give him some time and then let's make that project happen. <laughs> uh, what would you consider to be the ultimate comfort food? Oh, my mother's food. Of course, this is the best. The best food in the world. We love it. <laughs> Mom's always coming through. Yeah. Um, all right. Our last question. Um, and this is really a plug for for products that you're using because so many of the people that listen to this podcast are, you know, obsessed with beauty and hair product. Uh, so say that you're on a deserted island and you can only bring three beauty hair men's grooming products. What would those be? Yeah, or the Clairman products. <laughs> what are the ones? What are the things? I'm bringing my my shampoo, my conditioner, my wrist scrub, face scrub, and my hair color, just in case. Boom! Perfect, perfect, and it comes in an incredible little kit. I mean, it's ready made for a disaster, basically. That's all you need: the essentials. Uh, Carlos, it has been a pleasure. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Um, one more time, so that people walk away knowing where the heck to go. Where can they find the brand? Where can they find you on social? Yeah, I'm LinkedIn. Um, that's uh, Carlos Barreto. And uh, our website is bcleverman.com. Thank you so much. Thank you very much. All right. Customized hair and beard color for men. I am now educated on this. And I loved what he had to say to you as well. Yeah, I mean, I'm excited about the innovation. I I mean, we talked a lot about it, like how embarrassing this category has been before the sort of... Oh, we do know that. Yeah, okay. I don't want to name the brand, <laughs> even though I did when we were talking. Um, we, yeah, you know, we, we, you know, it's like, that's not the most fun user experience. Whereas Cleverman, totally different. Um, and again, just so impressed by the thoughtfulness of the brand's approach to, to market. So shout out to the team. Um, and maybe I will consider coloring the beard. Um, but I feel like bleaching is really, I, it's, we'll see, we'll see, we'll see. No promises. I've been hearing that this was going to happen and now it's like mid-July. I know, I know, I know, I know. I feel like the beard coloring is probably going to happen before the bleaching. I just... You got to get around to it. I know. For the listeners. <laughs> Be sure to hit subscribe, rate, and review, and follow us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and TikTok at Read the Tees, and send in questions to volumeup at thetees.com. Volume Up is a Tease Media production. This episode was produced by Monica Hickey and Madeline Hickey. Brian Daly is our editor and audio engineer. Thank you to Josh Landowski and Nathan Folks for the custom Volume Up theme song. And thank you to our creative team for putting together the graphics for this episode.